we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is At The Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today on the program. AFR, American Family Radio, I'm Walker Wildman. We've got a jam-packed show. we got two guests on with us today. We'll have um, <clears throat> Barry McGuire, <clears throat> the car guy. You hear his spots on the network. We'll have Barry McGuire on with us um, to talk about, in the next segment, to talk about his latest book, Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. And then in the last segment, we'll have on uh, GOB, GOP gubernatorial candidate, uh, Dr. John Witcher, a uh, guest of the Corps before. We'll have him on uh, from Mississippi to talk about why he's running for governor. Glad to have you on with us in on the program. By the way, we are in uh, Psalm chapter 58 today. Psalm chapter 58. If you want to watch the Corps, you can. Just go on over to our streaming platform, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. We are in Psalm chapter 58 for the day. Psalm chapter 58 is where we are. David says, Do you indeed decree what is right, you gods, little g? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? No, in your hearts you devise wrongs, your hands deal out violence on earth. So David here is questioning people who think they're gods, but they're not. And uh, he's saying, "Do do you decree what is right? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? And, of course, I love how David answers his own questions. <laughs> he says, no, in your hearts you devise wrongs. Your hands deal out violence on earth. Um, so the takeaway from, from what you read in Psalm chapter 58 is that man is um, uh, increasingly able or are able to commit um, increasingly evil acts. And uh, whether you, you saw what happened in Memphis with those um, officers and five of them being arrested, I mean, you, you watch videos like that, and it's just horrendous. And, and you ask yourself, how can someone do such? Well, um, man can do increasingly evil things. Um, you read you read stories of, we actually covered it on the show, of, of you know, children— uh, being victimized through various means. Um, it's just very, very wicked things out there. But we do live in a fallen world, so we have to understand that, um, and we have to um, understand that a man can do increasingly evil things. And uh, let's not be naive to that fact. Uh, if you want to watch the program, as I mentioned, streaming.afa.net, go over and watch the program. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe. 
Uh, jumping into some of the stories I want to get to this first segment while we can. Um, let's see. Uh, this is clip two. Um, we've had people protesting and marching outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices for about the last eight to ten months at a minimum, if not a little bit longer than that. Um, and this is th- th- this is there's federal law against this, against hackling and protesting and marching outside of the homes of a Supreme Court justice. There's laws on the books against this, but they continue to do it. Clip two. Let's listen to this. So tell me if, if you want that outside of your house. <laughs> Do you want that outside of your house with your kids inside? I don't think so. I don't care who you are. Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Kevin McCarthy, Donald Trump. Raise your hand if you want that outside of your house. No, nobody would sign up for that. And it's against the law. This is a public street they're marking, marching on. Probably without a permit, I would almost bet you. And there's a federal statute against this. It's a a federal statute that prevents people from picketing judges' residences with the intent of influencing the judge. But, of course, the Department of Justice under Biden, they're they're not enforcing the law, just like they're not enforcing half of the laws on the books. We got all these laws on the books, and they don't enforce half of them. The other half they used to target their political opponents. This is absurd. This has been going on for 10 months now. They're marching, picketing, and harassing these justices. And half the country is good with this. I mean, this is just, uh, its uh, why am I surprised after we read Psalm chapter 58, right? But we live in a nation that's supposed to be about law and order. We're supposed to apply the laws equally across the board. And we've been witnessing with our own eyes federal law being broken day in and day out on video camera with U.S. Marshals watching it. And nobody gets arrested and nobody gets charged and the picketing and the intimidation continues. But I'll guarantee you if this was Nancy Pelosi's house, they'd have them locked up so quick it would make your head spin. And then they would run uh, DOJ, FBI terrorism investigations against everybody who was out there. So if you show up on January 6th and you just happen to step foot on Capitol grounds, well, they know they got your cell phone data. They know who your third cousin is. They know where you work. They're going to come interview you. Their FBI is going to intimidate. They're going to threaten, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're, I don't know, Antifa, BLM, Marxist, 
and you want to burn down our city streets in 2020 in the name of George Floyd, that's fine. You can do it. It's all about the cause, right? If you want to show up and and picket uh, justices' homes for eight to ten months, that's fine. You can do it. If you want to show up at Tucker Carlson's house with his young kids inside or Josh Hawley's home with their kids inside, that's fine. You can do that. Political speech, right? But if you show up at Nancy Pelosi's house, U.S. Capitol Police, U.S. Marshals, San Francisco PD, everybody's coming in. Coming in hard. If you're a pro-lifer and you happen to march outside of Planned Parenthood, they're coming for you. So apparently this is fair game. This is fair game. I wonder if they're outside of uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson's house. Hmm. I wonder if they're outside of Katanji Brown-Jackson's house. Would that be okay? Probably not. So uh, absolutely frustrating, disappointing. Another example of the Biden administration picking and choosing which laws to enforce. Um, Another story I've got of this uh, looniness that is the the modern-day Democrat Party is, you know, I, I cover the stories uh, briefly about California and all this rain they've been getting. I mean, they've been getting monsoons like they're, like they're living in the Amazons or something. California's just been pounded with rain after rain after rain in recent weeks, and it's really caused some serious flooding issues in California, parts of California. But get this. Let me remind you that, that California has been in a serious drought for years, right? California has been going through a very serious drought for years now. Well, and they, they blame it on climate change, by the way. So they get they get record, record rain, right, which is, yes, it causes flooding, but it also brings water that they desperately need. Listen to this headline from the Epoch Times. Governor Gavin Newsom is under fire from bipartisan critics over trillions of gallons of lost water. So get this. It rains about, uh, let's see, 30 trillion, 32 trillion. It's an estimated, uh, an estimated 32 trillion gallons of rainwater came into California in recent weeks. Guess what? 95% of the rainwater went back into the ocean. So the state has these ways, these means through dams and levees and all these reservoirs. They have ways to capture the water to hold it for when they need it, right? It kind of makes sense. And, And it's estimated that there was enough rainwater that they could have stored away to let's see i've got the uh, the uh the quote here anyway it could basically there was enough water to basically provide for the state for like years and they let it go right back into the ocean all in the name of environmental excuses all in the name of environmental excuses. I mean, this is absolutely mind-boggling. The stupidity. And then watch, watch, mark my word, and we'll cover it on the show. This summer, they're going to be complaining about droughts. 
Oh, it's dry. Climate change. We need solar panels. But when it rains, they don't capitalize on the opportunity. I can't find the number, but anyway, one of these experts on this article, I'll find it later. Um, okay, here, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay, the U.S. Geological Survey data suggests that, that the, the 32 trillion gallons of water, that it, of rainwater, that came into California in recent weeks, the U.S. Geological Survey suggests that this would be enough to supply the entire state of California's agricultural, industrial, and residential needs for at least a decade. A decade. There was a decade's worth of rain that could be used for agricultural, industrial, and residential purposes for a decade. And they let it all go. 95% of it went back into the ocean. I mean, this is this is like, what do you do with these folks? But they keep electing them in California. They keep electing stupidity. I mean, what do you do? And then the voters, look, the farmers, and I know some of them are conservative, and not all of California is deep blue, right? Some parts of it are actually pretty conservative. But but all, all the people in California this summer are going to be complaining about drought. We don't have enough water. We don't have enough water. Well, you just let it all go into the ocean. 32 trillion gallons, we let it all go back into the ocean. We don't capture hardly any of it. They captured like 5 or 6%, I think. I mean, this is just astonishing. What do you do? What do you do? And see, they, they blame everything on climate change. And then when God allows the rain to come, where are they? Who knows? What are they doing? Nobody knows. The only way you can fix this, folks, is when you if you tell them to take a hike. You tell these these politicians, these bureaucrats, and these environmentalists the best thing to do, folks, is just tell them to take a hike. You're not going to run our state anymore. You're not going to run our county anymore. You're not going to run our city anymore. We need competent people running our state. That's what California needs. They need competent people that make common sense decisions running the state missed opportunity folks missed opportunity and we all blame climate change when really we're the problem in many of these scenarios be back in a few the sacrifices of god are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart oh god you will not despise my name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. I will represent the American Family Association this Wednesday at the Museum of the Bible during the National Gathering of Prayer and Repentance, where I will join Tony Perkins, Ann Graham Lotz, Pastor Jim Garlow, Congressman Mike Johnson, and many other pastors and ministry leaders and elected officials as we cry out to the Lord in repentance for our nation. Repentance is our most desperate national need. You can watch the prayer meeting Wednesday morning February 1st at 7.30 a.m. Central at PrayDC.org. That's PrayDC.org. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. It is never too late to try. We use this to encourage kids to step out and try new things when they're afraid. In a 2021 Barna Research study, only 6% of polled adults professed a worldview hinged on the Bible, down from 17% four years prior. We could take this statistic, admit failure as Christians, and throw in the towel, or we can use it as a call to action. If you are overwhelmed by a lack of biblical knowledge, take heart. It is never too late to try. Research also suggests that Gen Z and Generation Alpha have increased respect for adults who confess their own shortcomings. So sign up for a Bible study that you and your girl can do together to learn and grow alongside one another in Christ's image. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you miss the December 7th deadline for open enrollment, it's not too late. Here's something that can really help. It's MediShare 65+. plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It's people who encourage and pray for each other, too. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. So worth looking into. MediShare 65 Plus is open for enrollment. And if you join right now, before January 31st, your second month will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. At the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Now, back to At The Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the show. Good to be with you today on The Core. AFR.net is where you can find the podcast. AFR.net is where you can find the podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. AFR.net, and then we do have the American Family Radio app as well. The AFR apps down there, down there are out there for download, if you will. You can go there and download it. It's free. It takes you just a couple minutes. And uh, you can get all AFR-produced AFR content there on the American Family Radio app. I do want to introduce our next uh, guest, a friend of the ministry, Barry McGuire. He's known as the car guy, but he's founder and CEO of Revival Outside the Walls. And if you're looking for a product to shine your wheels up or clean your car, he's got it. <laughs> I'll give you an amen on that one. Yeah, I use it use yeah. it pretty often. Hey, Barry, Barry, uh, welcome to the core. Well, thank you. Great to be back with you guys. Um, I, I just I was just checking the weather. You're the very same weather that we're having in Arizona. Same, same temperature exactly. So uh, anyway, good to hear you and um, and and have to have this opportunity to talk about the book. Absolutely. Hey, Barry, tell us a little bit about your, your testimony, how you came to know Christ, and then we'll jump into your latest book. Oh, wow. It's a long story. Um, multi-generational Christian on both sides of my family. I have no excuse. Grew up Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night in church. Um, uh, best friends with uh, Jim Dobson uh, since I was 14 years old. Hung out with David Wilkerson, my best friend, for about 40 years. I, God's put amazing people in my life. Um, early on our, in our marriage, uh, we, we were trained to give and serve and we did all that, but we had no joy. 
And mm. so we started praying for joy. God, give us joy. And then I met a guy that had more joy than anybody ever seen. And, and he, he uh, was a speaker at a luncheon I went to. And he talked to me for an hour. He was a speaker. He talked to me an hour before he spoke. And it was just one story after another about sharing his faith. And he was laughing and crying. And, and you will not believe what happened last night. And he, I walked away and I said, I want what he has, God. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I've been praying for. And first time I realized that sharing faith had anything to do with joy and and um, and and God doing all kinds of wonderful things in your life. So it went from there to sharing your faith to all of a sudden we <laughs> one day, hey, we got joy. It, it actually mm-hmm. works. And then we discover this about a month or two later before we found this verse in John fifteen eleven. It says it's it's that last parable Jesus gave in the garden where he said, "When you bear fruit, when you bear fruit, therein you're my disciple, and my joy remain with you. Your joy remain full." Wow. You know, when you get a scripture that, that hits you between the eyes uh, and, and something that you've already experienced, it makes so much sense to you. Mm-hmm. We started doing it so much that I got to thinking I should leave my business. My business back at that time was doing less than a million dollars. It was a small little business, grown a little bit since then. And I thought I should leave my business, go into full-time ministry. And I, I pray the most fervent prayer of my life. I ask God, uh, do you want me? If you want me to go into full time ministry, you're almost got to speak to me in an audible voice. But I will do whatever you want me to do, God. I just, I just want to serve you. And about 20 minutes later, a guy came into my office and talked to me for a couple minutes, and who had never met before. God just sent me into my office. I didn't know this guy. And within 10 minutes, he's saying, um, "Wow, uh, you're you you have a wonderful ministry here." I said, "Why would you say that? It was just crazy." <laughs> He said, well, the people you're talking to is a businessman a pastor could never reach. He says, it's obvious that your business is your pulpit. And I said, boy, this is crazy. I just, I just, I just prayed about 20 minutes ago this prayer, and I told him what it was. He said, well, that makes sense. I said, well, that makes sense. He says, oh, I was driving up Red Hill, the closest main street to my office in Irvine, California at the time. And so I just dropped missionaries off at Orange County Airport, and God spoke to me and said, go see Barry McGuire. I'd seen that name on your building. And uh, so I knew where you were. I argued with God all the way here. I don't know this guy. I don't know know what kind of business he's in, but God would not let me go. Mm. And when I walked into your office just now, my my heart was in my throat. My heart was beating so hard, I didn't know what to say. Mm. It was just a God moment. And that was 1976. And so... um, for just about 50 years now, we have been sharing our faith every day and have a lifetime of stories. And then we find there all these scriptures that point out, I mean, it is the Great Commission after all, right? Amen. But he also says in Romans 8, 28, uh, when, you, when you live for my purpose, we, we kind of pass over the scripture, we all know, it, but we don't read it to its end. You know, all things work together for good. That means everything. That's most things. That means everything. It's a big promise. I don't know why we don't dwell on more. He, God says to everyone who listens to us right now, I promise you, I'll make everything in your life work together for good if you do two things. That's kind of an important thing. So what are those two things? Well, one, of course, is to love him, uh, and not just love him, but love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But then if we love him, we'll share him. And that's what his, he says, when you live for my purpose, we all know his purpose is to seek and save the lost. So when we live our lives to seek and save the lost or to move everybody every day closer to Jesus, you live in what I call the fog. <laughs> I say, follow the nudge, live in the fog. When you follow that nudge, God says, go t- go talk to that person. Or that person just got some bad news of their health. You need to call them. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to say to them. Or I'm too busy. Or 
we have all these excuses, you know. Mm. We know what the nudge is. When you follow the nudge, you live in the promise of Romans 8.28, or I call it the fog, the favor of God. And when you do that, God just opens up, and it's just amazing what happens. And I guarantee you, it will ignite your life. And, of course, that's the name of the book that we're just bringing up. Well, uh, Barry, let me ask you this. Uh, your, your book comes out next week. It's called Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. Give us a glimpse into this, uh, your first book. Well, you know, it's amazing, but uh, we follow, we have an Oxford scholar that follows all this, all the statistics right now. Do you know that over 80% of Christians today are living in fear? Mm. I mean, it's astounding. I mean, 365 times the Bible tells us fear not. You know, uh, and if you live in fear, you're not living in faith. If you don't have faith, you can't share your faith. I think I think Satan's paralyzed the church today. We've crumbled, and uh, but it's also it's also woken woken up the uh, the the general population. Over over eighty eighty six, it's eighty six percent of the church know something's going wrong or hoping there's a God, or looking for somebody to tell them, and already have at least one Christian in their life that they trust. I mean, we could ignite America's revival in 30 days if we wanted to. Mm. I mean, it's really the, the, the fields are white for harvest, but, but the other part of that scripture is equally to the laborers are few. Only 1% of us are actively sharing our faith today. So we've got to do something. I mean, we don't know. I mean, the Lord can go back at any time. And, and I just say to you, how many people do you know that will not be in heaven if the rapture happens tomorrow. I mean, it may not. It may not happen for years, but it may. And what if it did? How many people do you love and care for that would be lost, be left behind if, if they're not reached? And if not you, who who's going to tell them? How's, how are they going to know unless somebody tells them? We're not telling them. Mm-hmm. And and who's, who's going to tell them without being sent? And the churches aren't sending us. We're not hearing this from the pulpits anymore. So this is a, you, you look at the world, 90% of of our population is lost. They're, they're, they're confused. They see evil for good, good for evil. They're blinded by Satan. We know that. Jesus said it would be that way. It's not, not a surprise. So they have an excuse for doing all the stupid stuff. Their only hope is us. They're not going to go to church. Mm. They're not going to go to church. They're, we're their only hope. And we're not telling them. And that's, it's critical. This message right now, you guys could appreciate what we talked about before, but there's nothing. It is the Great Commission for a reason. Mm. Um, but more importantly for us, because why is it from Genesis to Revelations, God tells us to proclaim the good news to go, you know, we know that, but why? And and the why comes in Isaiah 43.10, the only scripture in 50 years, there's only one scripture in the Bible I found that actually says why. And it's secondary to win the lost. It's secondary to win the lost. He wants to share our faith to win us. Isaiah 43.10 says, I appoint you as my witness so that you will believe. That you will believe, and I got to tell you, if you stop listening to all the things that you got to be trained, and you got to have these points, you got to memorize your story. I mean, all this stuff, and you're going to be persecuted. I haven't been persecuted fifty years of sharing my faith. I mean, people don't get mad at you when you tell them God loves them. They just don't. I got to tell you, they don't. <laughs> they may argue with you, but they're not going to. They're not going to get mad at you. Yeah. And they need to know that what every guy wants to know, every guy wants to. Know, they would like to believe God loves them, mm. and He does. Barry, I say, you know, God loves you. No, he can't possibly love you. I say, yeah, he loves you more than any, as much as anybody else. He loves you. And this message we have, we have this great message, and we're not sharing it. And so we're trying to ignite Christians. Our goal is to ignite Christians to ignite America with revival one person at a time. 
Barry, you talked about uh, the percent of Christians who are living in fear. I think you said roughly 80 percent. Um, you yes. know, that's that's surprising, but not surprising. It's surprising because but we, we see what Scripture says about that, but not surprising yeah. considering the state of our culture here in America. Um, mm. it's, a, it's, it's, it's all over the place, Barry. Talk to, talk to believers out there that are listening to us right now that are in some form or some way are consistently living in fear. Well, when bad things go, if God wants good good for you, then when bad comes to you, it's for a reason. He's up to something. <laughs> and if you look at that and say, okay, God, what are you up to? Well, Karen and I never pray for solutions anymore. We thank him for them in advance because we know when we trust him. You see, if we're worrying and, 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 and praying at the same time, we're double-minded. And James, James 1 says quite a lot about that. He says, if, if, I'll give you whatever you want, but don't waver. If you're wavering, don't expect me to answer your prayers. I mean, that's a pretty strong statement. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do we get to wholehearted faith? And the theme of our book is defeat fear with effortless faith. It's effortless. I have, I have been dying in the hospital. I had a joint venture party that was throwing me out of my business the next morning. I lost my daughter, my 49 years. I've been through hell. I've been through all kinds of things, mm-hmm. but I've never worried. At the very point of losing my business, I said, God, <laughs> I asked you for nothing. The night before that happened, I, said, I was toast. I was losing my 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 family's 100-year-old business. McGuire's car wax me out of my control. It's going to be gone. And I said, God, I asked you for nothing because of two things. One, <laughs> you know I live for your purpose, and I do every day. Every day, my goal is move everybody every day closer to Jesus. So I said, because you know I live for your purpose, and I know you keep your word. And your word is, I'll make everything in your life work together for good because you live for my purpose. It's so simple. We, we take the most basic scriptures and we throw away, you don't even pay attention. This, I think this scripture is probably the second most powerful scripture in the whole Bible. Where else is it? Everything in your life will work for good if you do two things. I'd be proclaiming that from my pulpit if I was a pastor. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And after 50 years, I can tell you it works. I walked into my attorney's office next morning and took the conference call for the board meeting, and in eight minutes, he totally <laughs> destroyed my joint venture partner. And he had all the cards. I had none. He'd taken over my board. I was defenseless. Mm. And after that happened, I thought, I could have worried all night long and pay some more for nothing. Worry's overrated. I mean, you just have fun. And when you do it, the biggest thing is, and you know this, but when you do it, when you don't memorize stuff, you just you look at every person, and conversations open up all day long, every day. And you just love on and you don't prepare, you can't prepare. Mm-hmm. And when you just love on and they see your love and they open up, and then God gives, brings to your remembrance scriptures you haven't thought of for years. And all of a sudden you feel God speaking to you and you see the life change. There's no other way to have that kind of intimacy with God, folks. There just isn't. The one thing that we most not want to do is because Satan doesn't want you to do it because he knows it opens the door all of a sudden Bible study because you're digging in the word for answers to questions. You're praying like crazy, not because you have to, because you, you can't wait to pray mm. <laughs> and read the word. You're in the game. You get off the bench and into the game, and that's what we all need to do. And when you live in that, that spot, it ignites your life and you, you defeat fear with effortless faith. And that's that's the reason we've written this book. It's for such a time as right now. We have to ignite the church. I don't know if there's a, a bigger challenge for us today than ignite Christians. We have we have 30 million of us yes. who are just kind of walking around and shaking our fists and as happy as the world. We're worrying as much as the world is. Come on, we're Christians. And God's about to come back. We're about to see him face to face. 
we're we're running out of time. That could happen tomorrow. We got. How can we possibly not be sensitive to the world that's going around us? How they're lost, mm. and they're going to be lost unless somebody tells, unless we tell them. This is urgent. It's an urgent message, and I, one that will just turn your life on. I say, if you want to have the time of your life for the rest of your life, get off the bench and into the game. That's what this book is all about. To ignite your life. Amen. Hey, hey, Barry. Where can folks? Uh, this your book comes out next week, February seventh. Where can folks find it? Yeah. Probably the best way is to go to Amazon, uh, uh, Barnes and Noble. There's a lot of places, but I think the easy way to go to to, to Amazon. You can order it today and pre-order it, so you'll get it. Uh, get be one of the first to get it. Uh, I'm I'm getting all kinds of comments from some powerful people say this is the message for the church today. Not just to win the lost, really, not secondarily to win the lost. It's ignite us, folks. Mm. If you're going through and you're worrying and you're struggling, you have all kinds of problems going on. This <laughs> your way out is. Is to trust God with your whole heart. How you do that? Start living for His. That's your purpose. Start living for His purpose. Mm. And His purpose is to move everybody every day closer to Him. And it's so much fun. I got to tell you, it's it's the most fun thing I do. Amen. Hey Barry, appreciate the energy. Appreciate your your encouragement for Christians out there that are living in fear. And appreciate the inside uh, scoop uh-huh. on the book. Uh-huh. I appreciate you coming on, Barry. Well, and thanks for having us on for a lot of years. You've had us on every day, and God bless you guys for doing that. Hey, man, appreciate that. That's uh, Barry McGuire, the uh, car guy and author of his first book, Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. You know, one of the one of my favorite things he, he said there was when uh, the guy came in his office <clears throat> randomly, or so we thought randomly, and um uh, and basically told told Barry, look, you got a ministry right here in front of you. You got a ministry at your fingertips. It's called your business, your primary occupation, how you pay the bills. Let that be your ministry. Let that be your pulpit. And uh, that's really something we can all apply to our lives. Whatever you do, wherever you are, um, you can be obedient to God's word. You can share the gospel. You can disciple believers, and you can impact people's lives. Uh, wherever you are, literally, whatever you do, um, you can honor God with it. That's uh, the message for us today. At the core, we got um, Dr. Witcher on with us next segment, <clears throat> founder of Mississippians uh, Mississippi Against Mandates and also running for governor, so we'll talk with him after the break. At the core, glad to have you with us today. One more segment to go. Stay tuned. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at OneMillionMoms.com. That's OneMillionMoms.com. And thanks. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. 
We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In the season of giving, you can be the answer to their prayer today. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and since Labor Day, we've been working toward a goal of putting God's Word into the hands and hearts of 16,000 Bibleist believers around the world. Here's a few that are praying for a Bible. Ahmed is a former Muslim beaten by extremists when he came to faith in Christ. He's praying for a Bible. Miriam is a widowed mother of three in Mozambique, Africa. Very sadly, her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime, but she's praying for a Bible. Carla was a follower of pagan practices in Venezuela. He's praying for a Bible now as a Christ follower. And then Washi and her husband are livestock farmers in China. They want to raise their children to know and love Jesus. They're praying for a Bible. Listen, to date, you've put 10,000 Bibles into the hands of Bibleist believers. We'd love to see another 6,000 by the end of the year. So please, at $5 a Bible, would you make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. A Moment of Truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists. When I was around 17 or 18, I began noticing false teaching in our Sunday school and college-age literature. Miracles of the Bible, the virgin birth, the inspiration and authority of Scripture itself were all questioned, denied, or explained away. I realized that when these and especially the infallibility and authority of Scripture is denied, All solid basis for truth is lost. When I shared some of this with one of my best friends that I grew up with and who later became my brother-in-law, he simply asked, If that is true, then why are you still a member and attending? Good question. I found a church that believed what my former church was denying. That was a good move. The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit AIM2020.com. This is At the Core on American Family Radio with your host, Walker Wildman. Welcome back to The Core. We're live streaming the video over at streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. And, of course, we'll uh, push the podcast out there uh, this afternoon. By the way, if you want uh, all the links to some of the stuff we talk about and a lot of the uh, topics we discuss, uh, you can find that exclusively over at AFR.net, AFR.net under the latest episode. You can find the links to all all the topics uh, of discussion on the core. Uh, let's see. I do want to introduce our next guest. Been on the core before, uh, Doctor uh, John Witcher. He's uh, out of the state of Mississippi. Uh, practices down in Yazoo City, Mississippi. He also founded Mississippi Against Mandates. And uh, Doctor Witcher is on with us now, running for governor in 2023 in Mississippi. Doctor Witcher, welcome to the core. Yeah. Thank you, Walker. Uh, thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Witcher, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into why you're running for governor. Okay. Well, uh, my name is John Witcher. I was born and raised in Mississippi, born in Meridian, Mississippi. My mother's from Yazoo City, my father from Tupelo, and I grew up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in Ocean Springs. Been uh, Mississippi all my life. Uh, I did move to Alabama in my 20s and went to college, finished the electrical engineering school there. I worked as an electrical engineer for a couple of years, and I went back to medical school when I was 25, and I had a child at that point. Um, and then I came back to Mississippi the mid-'90s, and I've been practicing 
pretty much in rural Mississippi uh, over the last 25 years and um, currently live in Flowood, Mississippi. My most recent uh, place I was uh, at was I was contracted to Baptist Yazoo Hospital as the medical director of the ER and hospitals program. Uh, that was in 2019. And then in uh, 20, December 21, I was, uh, my contract was terminated when I attempted uh, to put my patients on uh, multi-drug therapies, including ivermectin, and I was, that contract was terminated that day. So, uh, so since then, I've been treating COVID patients at home with multi-drug therapies, including ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin supplements, steroids, blood thinners, you know, things that work. So I've treated some very, very uh, severely ill patients at home with home oxygen that uh, these patients would have went to the hospital with COVID. It's very, very likely they would have been intubated. Mm. And then, uh, and of course, once once you get intubated with COVID, and especially if you are put on remdesivir, uh, the majority of those people do not make it home. Mm. <clears throat> hey, yeah. uh, Do- Dr. Witcher, I'm interested, and then we'll, we'll jump into some of the issues you're running on as uh, running for governor. But um, are you? Uh, what are you experiencing with uh, 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 patients, if any, that have been injured by the vaccine? What What are you seeing as a physician now? Well, I have multiple patients that have been injured by the uh, mRNA vaccines throughout Mississippi. Uh, they're disabled, many of them, and uh, these are young young people with families. Um, I'm thinking about two gentlemen right now. One 33 year old male, which you probably know him, Cody Slint. He's a uh, agricultural pilot, crop duster up in the Delta area. He took one shot of Pfizer, immediately started having problems, uh, ended up having uh, blood clots in his inner ears, which he had to have operations on both ears. He's been he's unable to fly an airplane at this time, and so he has not had any response. Uh, Pfizer has not um, helped him. The government program is, uh, last I heard, I talked with him a, a week or so ago, it sounds like the uh, government has thrown him aside and said that the vaccine didn't cause his injury, even though he has multiple doctors saying that it did. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, so yeah, th- yeah, Doctor Witcher, this is this is like a tsunami of reports of vaccine injuries, and um, uh, I, I think the government can only hold this wave back so long. I mean, this is this is everywhere we look, people are being injured by the vaccine. Oh, absolutely, Walker. I mean, it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> and there's nowhere for them to turn. You know, the pharmaceutical industries have no liability. This is one reason they put this uh, COVID vaccine on the childhood vaccine schedule is because even if an adult takes the vaccine, it just further um, gives them liability that pharmaceutical makers such that they, I mean, there's just no liability. They they, they are, can do whatever they want to do without any, uh, any, um liability so that it's a big problem and so we're going to fight back if you you know been watching ron santez in florida him and uh dr joseph latipo who is his uh surgeon general of the of the state here we have a state health officer who was dr thomas Dobbs and who who resigned in march of this year of course he, he took a nice government job uh at the umc uh, but anyway um you know we are we're pushing back and we want to, you know, if I'm governor, I've talked with Dr. Peter McCullough, which he'll be coming to town February 27th to 28th. We're having a big Mississippi Medical Freedom Conference mm. at the Sheraton Hotel over here uh, in Flowood. And then we're also going to be at the Capitol Building on the 27th to 28th with 
Dr. Peter McCall, and many of the doctors at the Senator Ron Johnson hearings will mm-hmm. be with us. Dr. Paul Merrick of FLCCC, um, uh, co-founder of that, he'll be with us. Many other doctors, Dr. James Thorpe, the OBGYN doctor from Florida, will have uh, pediatricians there with us. We'll have scientists, Dr. David Wiseman, uh, just many, Dr. Jancy Chung, Lindsay, whole list of doctors that will be coming in from around the nation and also right here in Mississippi. You know, we, like you said, uh, Walker, we started Mississippi Against Mandates in the fall of 21. Uh, my wife and I did. I've, uh, since I'm running for governor, we turned over the uh, presidency to uh, Dr. Jeff Howard out of Tupelo, Mississippi. He's an interventional radiologist that has been seeing lots of, you know, anecdotal cases of vaccine injury. It's hard to, you know, especially the people that die as a direct result of the vaccines. We want autopsies on these patients. And, and that, you know, me running for governor, the first thing I'm going to do is, and, I, and I'm trying to do it now, I'm talking to uh, senators and representatives and we're putting in a bill during this session that will anybody that dies suddenly in Mississippi after being vaccinated should have the option to have an autopsy. Mm. That's the only way we're going to know what the direct causes are. I mean, we know these people are dying from strokes, blood clots, heart attacks, myocarditis, et cetera. The people that are injured, generally, it's a neurodegenerative type disorder, autoimmune disorders, inflammatory problems, but it's chronic. You know, many of these patients we treat, they tend to get a little better, but then they relapse. Uh, and so it's it's a very big problem. We're also seeing, uh, you know, there's something new in, that you hear talked about there, and that's turbo cancers. Some of these people that have, have been going remission from cancers or never had cancers, they, they generally, and this is where Dr. Jeff Howard, he's an interventional radiologist. He deals with stroke patients, but also um, he deals a lot with uh with cancer patients and, and treatments. And so uh, we're very concerned throughout Mississippi. We have other doctors, Dr. Robert Corcoran, who's a Greenville doctor. He's an internal medicine doctor. He's treated, as of uh, uh, last week, he's treated over 10,000 COVID patients with early intervention multidrug therapies, including ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and no one has died. Okay, that's over 10,000 COVID patients. None have died in Greenville, Mississippi. This is huge. You know, we're going to get this information out. This information was squashed. You know, Dr. Thomas Dobbs did not want that to get out. He did not want that to be published in the Mississippi State Medical uh, Association Journal, which it finally did. But um, but that's one reason we believe Dr. Um, Dobbs resigned, because we we had four-year, our Dr. Carol Hill, a, a doctor, a retired OBGYN doctor with us, did a four-year request and got emails that show where Dr. Dobbs uh, wanted to, to suppress that information. You know, if you remember, that was the time back in the fall of 21, he was talking about the um, the uh, ivermectin, horse dewormer, right? Mm. He made headline news and he vilified it. And we know that ivermectin is a very safe medication, very good medication for treating covid and so uh, both early, uh, late, and even for long COVID. So, you know, we want all this information to come out, and that's where we're going to have this uh, Mississippi Medical Freedom Conference on the 27th and 28th, and uh, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Witcher, what, what, are, what are some things you could do as governor uh, to combat some of this, some of this uh, suppression of information, some of this big pharma influence in Mississippi? What are some things you could do as governor should you, should you win? Well, you know, I'm a very um, – conservative person always have been that's just who i am you know i am uh, uh, i grew up southern baptist uh, 
even went to the United Pentecostal Church for a while, and I'm currently a Southern Baptist. I've been, you know, I've been a seeker for all my life, and, uh, you know, and so, you know, I, I feel like I'm called to be the governor. You know, this is not something I've taken lightly uh, through a lot of prayer, uh, my wife and I, and uh, family and friends, my pastor. You know, I feel like it's now's the time for, for me to come forward, and, and really, you know, it, my my campaign's based on faith, family, and freedom, okay? And this is something, you know, we can see our freedoms have been taken away. If you look at what, what's happened over the last three years with COVID, you know, the, uh, our government doctors, both all the way federal government, Dr. Fauci, under Biden's uh, direction, all the way down to our state, Dr. Thomas Dobbs, all of our public health doctors, they followed the protocols of the federal government. So our state doctors, which Dr. Dobbs, all of our public health doctors, and also all the doctors at UMMC, mm-hmm. they are state doctors, okay? So they, they, you know, they have a conflict of interest, in my opinion. You know, they get lots of grant money. Uh, not, not only, I mean, they got even more through COVID, but in general, you know, they get grants and in, in, uh, in funds from the federal and state government. So they're biased, in my opinion. So, you know, when we tried to speak up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, there, there could be risk of these vaccines, we were silenced immediately. And so that's, the, that's a big part of my push is freedom of speech. You know, we, we have a constitution in the United States of America. We, we need to uphold that constitution. The first Bill of Rights says we have the freedom of speech, and, and we should be able to do that. You know, if we don't step up now as doctors and, and uh, you know, they're, they're trying to silence uh, they have silenced us. But, uh, you know, they're going to silence the preachers, pastors, anybody that talks uh, conservatively that wants to, to talk about the Bible or, or anything, uh, you know, if they feel that, that talk about the family. You know, I believe in the family unit. I believe in a father and a mother and a strong family unit. I believe in having children. I believe that parents raise their children. Uh, you know, they have to give them boundaries. They have to give them, uh, lead them, and direct them, and sometimes that that requires some, some, uh, some, you know, more than just being a, a friend. To, to, you know, you have to be a parent. Mm. And so I, I have uh, three, uh, four children, one one stepson, and three grown children. They're all grown. Uh, they're having children now. I have three grandchildren, one on the way. Uh, they're all doing well. Uh, you know, they're uh, starting their lives and, and their careers. And very proud of those my, my children, but it, it's not it, it, you know it hasn't been an easy road. Uh, you know, it, it's this world is you know parents have to really fight, and uh, and that's what I'm doing as a grandparent is mm-hmm. that, that you know I feel like I need I want my grandchildren to grow up in an environment where they can have freedom. Amen. They can read their Bible, they can go to church, etc. So that that's the, that's what the big uh, push is is you know we want to uphold the Constitution, freedom of speech. Freedom of religion, and uh, and we we believe in a strong family unit. Amen. Hey, Doctor Witcher, thanks so much for coming on the core, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you, Walker. Appreciate All right, it. appreciate it, brother. Doctor John Witcher from the state of Mississippi, running for governor, and uh, also the founder of Mississippi Against Mandates, and he pushed back a lot against the COVID insanity that we've seen in the past three years. You know, these uh, these states, especially these uh, Republican-led states, are going to really have to uh, – Florida, Florida's leading the way, uh, but other states like Mississippi really got to step up their game on this uh, – on these uh, vaccine injuries um, and stop stop pushing this harmful shot 
on the population. Um, and, and, and there's also this, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, but there's this, this major um, blurry line between big pharmaceutical, uh, the big pharmaceutical industry and the government, not only the feds, but also the state government. Um, there's a lot of back scratching going on, um, a lot of subsidies, a lot of kickbacks, um, etc. And in this case, it's not very good, folks. It's not very good. And I want to play one clip real quick. This is a uh, a doctor, Dr. Sarah Kiet, but she, this is one example of them saying 100% safe and effective on these mRNA shots. Let's listen to this short clip. Really excellent is, uh, and it's a statistic that I think should be shouted from the rooftops, is that um, after 12 days from the first vaccination of the AstraZeneca vaccine, you are 100% effective against hospitalization and death. Okay, so this is a doctor over in Europe um, in London, Dr. Sarah Kayat, uh, K-A-Y-A-T, and uh, she said, she said, 12 days after receiving a COVID vaccine, you are 100% protected against hospitalization and death. And this is, this is part of what, I, what I've been saying, and I could find 100 clips just like it, if not more, of these, these so-called experts and these doctors and these medical professionals telling us for two years that these shots are 100% safe and effective it's just not true folks there's not a product on the market that any company that's exposed to liability will tell you is 100 safe and effective you can't even get like like lysol that says 100 of germs will be killed no no no. read the small print it's 99.999 percent why because they don't want to be sued for misleading consumers These vaccine manufacturers should be exposed to the same liabilities that you and I and every other business in this world is exposed to. At the core, glad to have you with us today. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.